Welcome to Conversations, a podcast by Christ Presbyterian Church of Auburn, where we sit down with our pastor, Eric Zellner, and discuss how God's Word applies to our lives. Welcome back to the podcast. We're here at talking about... here talking about conversations. We're here having a conversations on the podcast conversations. I am your host, uh, Michael Austinson. I'm here with Pastor Eric. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a rainy day today. We need rain though. It is. I actually looked at the radar on the Weather Channel because that's the app I use. And Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia were all green. They were all covered in just the green mass of rain. That's good. It was nice. We need it. We need it. Yep. Um, and we're also here again. Three out of three with Blair. Three out of three. Hello. Blair, how how are you? you doing <laughs> good today? I'm doing great. How are you I'm on doing, this rainy day? Doing doing phenomenal. Didn't get rained on too much. So good. it was good. Um, we're continuing our series on worship and on singing hymns, things like that. Um, talking about that from Christ Prez's perspective, kind of a reformed, not kind of a reformed perspective, a reformed perspective sure, yeah. of, of, of those things. Um so the first two uh, episodes were, um, you know, why do we sing? And then last episode, if you were able to catch it, was um, how do Blair and Eric, uh, how do they prepare? Um, how do they go through, you know, what are we going to sing? What are we going to worship? How is it going to be shaped around the sermon? Things like that. So today is is here for um, the congregation and talking more about how we are to prepare for worship. Um, and, or sorry, sorry. How, yes, that is one of the things we're going to talk about, but really, how does worship shape us? Um, and specifically, how does worship being God, because that is who sure. we are worshiping, how does that shape us? So Eric, if you yeah. wanted to start off with that. Yeah, and I mean, this is a this is a podcast for the the listener, for the worshiper to, to think about, and, and we're thinking uh, under this rubric, right? God has designed and built his people, not, not just... Uh, those of us who are believers, but he's designed humanity to be worshipers. Uh, and so many theologians before me um, have said that that we are always going to worship something, that God's designed us to be worshipers, and so therefore we will worship something. Um, and so when you look at the the world in general, you, you recognize that uh, whether it's a Saturday afternoon at Jordan-Hare Stadium or Neyland Stadium or um, if they have a stadium in Tuscaloosa, I don't know about it, but I mean, it, it, mankind is worshiping something, um, and and those are that's a type, right? But we we can all set up idols, and we can all give ourselves at a heart level, uh, and mankind does that. So when when our d- hearts are darkened and we're turning away from worshiping God, then we're we're worshiping lesser things, and those things never. Uh, can bear the weight of our worship, which is really important because in the question you asked, how does worshiping God shape us? Well, number one, we're dealing with a God who's the only being in the entire universe capable of carrying the weight of our worship. Um, not only is he worthy, but uh, he's actually um, he is actually uh, answering that worship by continuing his steadfast love, continuing his faithfulness. Um, and in so doing, it's rightly directing our hearts, right? So even even as he's worthy, it's also good for our souls to lift our eyes off of ourselves and off of the foolish things of this world and lifting them straight to the Lord. So how worshiping God shapes us is, number one, it puts our hearts in the right 
direction and posture. Mm-hmm. This is exactly how it was designed in Eden, right? God's put us there. Uh, Adam and Eve are there. Their heart is directionally uh, meant to be in worship and communion with the Father. So when we think about this in in the broad capital C church context, how we sing, what we sing, uh, how our liturgy is formed, all of that shapes us, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure that our listeners, if you put a little bit of thought to it, can can think of places they've visited or been where worship was inherently man-centered, mm-hmm. even if we are all saying we're worshiping God. By action, by response, by repetition, there's things that are done in worship sometimes in the capital C Church that are actually not Godward, right? So, mm-hmm. so when we say, "How does worshiping God shape us?" Well, if we if if worshiping God is built around being inherently man-centered, and I sing um, just songs that I think are cool, mm-hmm. then I, I may not even arrive at the substance of actually worshiping God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I want to delineate reformed worship and what we're talking about here at Christ Pres from just general worship. Um, because in the reform context, and I think we talked at some level about this in the first podcast, in the reform context, worshiping God is meant to shape us because God's the one who's giving us the elements of worship. Mm -hmm. He's the one who's actually prescribing how we're supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when we use those ordinary means of grace, right, his word, uh, prayer, sacraments, singing is is very early in the church, but it also goes back to the Old Testament. God knows that that we are meant to worship Him, and song is one of the ways that we do it. So, in that, I think one of the very important things about that is that outside in the world we're worshiping something. In the capital C church, we think we're worshiping God, but we've got to make sure, as Reformed believers, that we really are crafting a worship service that's Godward. Mm-hmm. I think that has huge implications for what people are thinking as they're walking into church, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to walk into church with the posture of the fact it's very irrelevant what shoes you have on. It's very irrelevant what um, you know what what coach you've got on or whatever. It's it's very relevant where your heart is directed, mm-hmm. um, and so worshiping God shapes us. By literally fixing our eyes back. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I start the worship services that way. Yep. It's our prayer for you that worship today at Christ Pres would be a place of rest, allowing you to fix your eyes back upon the, on the King. Mm-hmm. Because if we really are made to be worshipers, and and our hearts are idol factories, um, you know, as as has been said, then we are staring and gazing at and worshiping other things mm-hmm. inherently. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I really appreciate about what we do is, um, you know, we do the um, prelude song and then we go into announcements. Right. And after announcements, you always say it's 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 mm-hmm. time for us to lift our eyes off of ourselves and mm-hmm. lift our eyes up to up to God. And then from there, we do the small, small, the short little. Yeah. Reflection, pe- time. reflection time. That's right. Um, that's always a good time. And then going into the. um the call to worship and yeah, um, I forget that the hymn of praise is that the first mm-hmm. song? The yeah, the first praise. song. Yeah. So I really appreciate the way that we do that and mm-hmm. really how it is 
looking and directing our, our worship towards yeah, God. Yeah, and I hate I hate announcements. Everybody who's been around <laughs> me knows I can't stand announcements. I'm awful at them, and they're and they're very for me. They're really hard to remember what I'm supposed to say. So I always want to. We want to get announcements out of the yeah. way. Everybody needs to hear them, but mm-hmm. um, I want to get them out of the way, and then we can get to the real business at yep. hand, yep. which is there. We're there to worship. Absolutely. So that uh, flows us into our second question. Um, what are the different ways worship shapes us? So um, mm. we talked about, you know, it shapes us and being God-centered, but um, yeah. different ways. Yeah, I think here we want to talk about the fact that uh, worship shapes us at a head level and it shapes us at a heart level. And I don't, I don't want to say that those two are ever divided, but I think a great example is, you know, when we— when I have in other podcasts talk about the fact that the Psalms of the Old Testament, the the book of Psalms was a hymn book for the people of God. Mm -hmm. And so they're singing these lyrics as a way to remember the character of God. And so these things are driven home into their souls, uh, into their heads and into their hearts very, very deeply. And so what are the different ways worship shapes us? I would say it shapes us number one, by way of remembrance. Mm -hmm. Um, I, as we were planning and thinking, the very first psalm that came to my mind was um, Psalm 46. We we think of this as uh, the psalm that Martin Luther took to write, "A mighty fortress is our God." And uh, and and when you read the psalm, it begins, "God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble." Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. And then it, it, as you move through that psalm, verse 7, the Lord is, well, verse 6, the nations rage, the kingdoms totter. And you get the sense, right, where am I going to find something to buoy my heart and my mind in the midst of a kingdoms that are tottering and mountains that are falling into the heart of the sea? And then this is one of the reasons that we know it's sung. It's repeated in verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress, and then there's more invitation. Come, let us, let's behold the works of the Lord. And then the, the psalm ends again with, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I say all that to say, now, now imagine that being put to song. Mm-hmm. The people of Israel are singing that kind of rich lyric for the purpose of remembrance, mm-hmm. right? You look around in national Israel, and we're being berated by our enemies and attacked from every side, mm-hmm. and we can go, yeah, we don't have to go down to Egypt or up to Assyria to make a, a deal with the devil. Mm-hmm. We can actually just trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. He's our fortress. He's our rock. Mm-hmm. And so there's that head level. Um, and, and and as a part of that, we recognize that, that in, in the remembrance aspect— there's a kind of summons for us to devote our hearts to the Lord, right? So even that is moving us from remembrance to devotion. Uh, I'm going to briefly mention devotion. I'm going to ask Blair to talk a little bit more fully on the issues of the heart um, because I think those are so evident in in so many of the lyrics that we sing. Um, But when we talk about um, what our worship is meant to do, um, when we use the word devotion— we have to recognize that inherent in the word devotion is that we are devoting something Mm -hmm. to the Lord. So when we come to worship, when we participate in it, uh, I always say it's not like Disneyland. You don't buy your ticket and ride your ride. 
you actually are coming to be an active participant in it, which is how, you know, to the question, what are the different ways worship shapes us? When I'm an active participant in worship, it's actually directing my heart to be devoting myself Mm -hmm. to the Lord. There's an active work there. So it's head and that's heart also. Mm -hmm. But I do want Blair to talk about the fact, you know, the, the depth of the way this moves us to comfort and in other ways, because that's also a heart level issue. Yeah, um, great points there. I love how Psalm 46, and I was just thinking about how so many Psalms work in that way. There's this structure of the nations clashing and um, distress, whether it's widespread or personal soul distress, and then remembering and singing. And I love how singing serves as an active remembrance in that way. Um, and singing serves as a way to connect our head and our heart. It's that connecting mm-hmm. point. And the lyrics work as a connecting point. And But also I think it's important to say that the melody does too. Um, the melody serves as the baseline for the lyrics to work its magic, if you will, um, in our hearts. And so the way that the melody moves um, is a really beautiful way um, to see how God, to see how God works through lyrics. And um, I just, I love how music and worship serves as a way to almost um, center us in a heart posture of devotion. It reorients our minds and our thoughts and um, and our actions towards God. And something that I love, um, I really love how looking out and seeing people respond and s- actually seeing the lyrics creep into people's hearts and be changed and be changed by that. And so I also think that worship serves as a way um, to see God's comfort to his people. It's often, worship is often talked about as um, seeing how God is transcendent and imminent and transcendence is the bigness of God. I don't know if that's a term, um, how holy he is, um, how wide he is over all of creation. everything that we're not exactly, in a lot of ways. exactly how he's the king over all of creation. And then his eminence is his closeness and his nearness. It's the beauty of Jesus and it's his Holy Spirit working deeply into our hearts. And so as we remember and we proclaim, we proclaim God's transcendence. And then we can also see God's eminence through singing as well. Um, And how God's eminence actually warms our hearts to see his beauty and his, um, and his closeness. And so, I'm really thankful for the ways even in my own life where worship has shaped my own heart and understanding God's closeness. And I often feel like songs put words to things that we can't express. I think I talked about this in the first podcast, um, whether it's a sin struggle or a doubt or a belief about God that I don't even know what I'm saying or um, thinking it's often in old hymn lyrics that it comes to life and it comes to life for us as a congregation as well. And so it's, it's the heartbeat of how we can respond to God and process and pray. Often songs are prayers and that's Mm -hmm. another way where it's this connecting point between the head and the heart. Um, But when thinking about worship as a comfort, I think about specific songs where this acts as that. Um, Abide with me is a specific hymn Mm -hmm. that it's a prayer. Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. When other help, this is not in the right order, but when other helpers fail and comforts flee, um, help 
help of the helpless abide with me. Mm-hmm. That is the most imminent thing we could sing um, of God abiding in us, Christ abiding in us. And there's this beautiful hope that even as we're singing songs in distress, there's this background hope that we actually believe that Christ is abiding in us through our prayer and through our singing. We can trust that he will and he does. And so, yeah, I'm just, I'm thankful for how God has given us the gift of worship to connect, to connect his truth from, to our heart. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just add one more thing to that. I think the, the idea of remembrance has this devotional aspect. It, uh, it has a, a comfort aspect, but but there's no division between m- my my ability to remember by virtue of by virtue of singing these things and the and the comfort that it brings me. I, I, I said this offline. I mean, it's really common for me to look at the congregation at the end of a service, you know, or somewhere in the middle and we're singing something and and people you can see people are visibly moved by the weight of the richness of the lyrics that we're singing. And so by worshiping, uh, back to the original question, what are the different ways worship shapes us? When I sing of things of God's character, it moves my heart to deep comfort. Mm -hmm. And that's really um, a rich part of this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, just going off that and talking, you know, what are are different ways, um, it kind of springs boards us into, I guess, the, the kind of last half of this podcast but you know suggestions from y'all of you know how should the congregation prepare for worship and i know we talked to you know there's just there's just things that we can do as a congregation as you guys you know prepare but things that we can do as the congregation uh, to prepare us better for worship to to almost get more out of it i guess in a say in, in a sense um so what would y'all say about that yeah, I think there's really practical ways that we can prepare our own hearts for worship, for um, the preaching and the singing. Um, I mean, for example, the email an email is sent out on Friday mornings with the bulletin. And so you can look and you can go ahead and see what songs that we're going to be singing on Sunday. And so I would encourage the congregation to look at those songs. Maybe even if there's a song like, a mighty fortress is our God that's so beautiful and so widely sung, but also has some lyrics that may take some extra studying or, (laughs) and that kind of thing. And to be able to look into that. And so you're already kind of preparing your heart to just sing it and not have to really think about it. And I think the same for um, the sermon too, to read the text that week and spend time in the text that week, just as Eric is spending time preparing, um, just to be able to train your heart to just receive the sermon on Sunday those are just practical ways to prepare our heart and the rhythms of our heart to receive the worship service on Sunday. Um, and I think there's this idea of excellence and per- versus perfection. This is something I'm always kind of struggling with and wrestling with as I prepare for worship. Um, we don't we strive for excellence, obviously, as we prepare as a worship team, and all of our preparation is very centered towards that goal because um, God does demand our excellence and we pursue excellence because that's what's helpful for the congregation. Mm -hmm. 
But when perfection is the goal, that can lead our hearts astray and away from why we're actually there. Um, We're not to act as a blocking point for the congregation to see the gospel. It's actually a pathway. And I think the same is for the congregation. Um, There may be some days where you come into church and you're just not feeling it. Maybe you're running late, whatever um, is going on but God is still glorified through your singing. Mm -hmm. And so that shouldn't stop you from singing and from asking the Lord to bring your heart to, to center and um, for asking the Holy spirit to work through distraction. We don't have to leave our distractions at the door. We actually bring them in and see how the Lord transforms and shapes our hearts in that way. Um, And so I think that's really important that, yes, God demands our excellence. um, But even on the days when, we feel maybe not as attuned to his gospel. That's why we sing tune my heart to sing thy mm-hmm. grace because that's the Holy spirit's work in us. So. Good. And then, you know, to that point, I think when we, when we ponder the, the concept of, of coming in that way, it moves us from being performers for God to being pursuers of the God who has pursued us. And there's a massive difference between, uh, I would I would say to the music team, I would say to my assistant pastor, I'd say to anybody that's helping to lead worship, um, because our job is simply to point to Christ, um, excellence is, is the goal, but performance is, but you know, perfection is not, it's the difference between a heart directed towards the Lord and a heart directed mm-hmm. at myself. Yep. And that's really it. So, you know, that and and to Blair's point, that's how that matters to the congregation. Mm-hmm. They they really have to think in terms of where, what direction is my heart mm-hmm. pointed. Yep. I guess on the back end, I would say this, you know, like we're preparing that way. I think there's also things that can be done after the fact. I'm yeah. I'm constantly like writing little notes to myself in worship and, and and it's partly not just so i can remember what i'm supposed to say next but really i'll see a line and i go oh, I, I didn't recognize how beautiful that line was until i sang it mm-hmm. and, um, and then underlining it i, I want to go back and i'll take a look at it later um too there's a there's a lot to that mm-hmm. so. yeah and that, that i guess that feeds into oh blair has oh sorry oh, yeah <laughs> well, what you gonna say? i was just going to add to that on the back end point we sing congregationally and so then we can also reflect together mm-hmm. and there's many times whether it's at lunch after church or at digging deeper or just throughout the week where i'm able to re- continue to reflect on the worship service and the songs that we sing in the sermon with fellow believers um there's this communal aspect of we sang together and we've received the word together and now we get to reflect and see how it's transforming our lives in the day-to-day and so i would just really um encourage every church member to lean into that Mm -hmm. so Absolutely. And I think that really kind of does answer that sub point of that question three of, you know, what is, what is y'all's hope? What is the church's hope in this, um, in this worship? Like what should we be hoping for when we leave church? And I mean, unless y'all want to elaborate more, but I feel like y'all answered it kind of, you know, to, to, to take it with us into the week and prepare us for the rest of the week, but also, you know, to give us a joyful heart and a, a heart that is remembering God, it is devoted to God and it is comforted by God. Yeah. Um, and it's truly, you know, getting back to even the first question, it's, 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 it's pointing towards God and, and all those things. And, um, I know I, I, I said that there's a guy in my digging deeper group that will always find a way to bring up one of yeah. the hymns from, uh, from the Sunday worship. Um, 
and I always appreciate that from him. Is there anything y'all have to elaborate on that or? Well, I mean, I think it's what what the heart of what we're saying is we want it to saturate our souls, yeah. right? So we leave worship and and we're hoping that it's not just an experience that you've encountered, but rather it's something which is an ongoing heart penetrating, saturating of your soul. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Blair might use a different word than I would use or or something like that, but we're really at at the heart what we're talking about is that having come to worship and and participated, that's why it's so wildly different from coming and watching. Mm-hmm. If I come and participate, directing my heart towards the Lord as he is summoning me to to do, then when I leave, um, I want this to saturate into my thinking. And uh, so that so that Tuesday, a song lyric comes to mind or something that that was said in the worship comes to mind and it it strikes me. Um, and then our actions and hearts begin to follow. That's where. So at the heart of this, that's really how worship shapes us, right? Because it's not just a, I showed up on Sunday morning. It's when I show up week after week after week and I am saturating myself in worship of the living and true God through Christ and his spirit, then I really am moved on a Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, you, you've all of us have had situations where we're convicted by something later in the week and we're convicted by it because we heard it or mm-hmm. we we sang it on Sunday morning or something else. And and that things come up in our minds, but it's because we're saturating ourselves in, in Christian worship. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I often ask the Holy Spirit to open my eyes to the ways that he's continuing his work, um, whether it's through my own life. And I often find myself being like, wow, I see the Lord's work here. And the Lord's like, yeah, you just have had your eyes closed um, to it. And so there's this this beauty in opening our eyes to see how he's continuing to marinate, saturate our lives with the gospel because um, we because we got to worship on Sunday and it, they're same in others' lives. Again, there's this communal aspect of um, asking the Lord to open our eyes in our own lives and in other people's lives of how he's continuing to use the elements of worship on Sunday and in our daily lives. And I think that we will be beautifully surprised mm-hmm. at how he loves to do that. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like a lot of this has been kind of reflective, like self-reflective. You know, this is um, kind of summarying with this with, I want to close with this last question but y'all have probably already alluded to it maybe not saying it out, out outright but um, for you for you two personally and I, I can even speak to this to myself how has worship shaped y'all's life sure um, you know I, I'm thinking about this in such a it feels like such a long range way mm-hmm. um, because I remember being um, 18 and uh when i had just been converted i only came because i wanted to hear a sermon mm. um and i as, through college i remember sitting in the balcony of lakeview baptist church and um and steadily beginning to lean into singing mm. um and though i spent many years trying to just uh, through college i sneak in and sneak out Right. Um, But I remember being 25 years old and being in a church in Birmingham at the time that I thought, well, this is so different from my Baptist church is the first time I transitioned from the from a Southern Baptist church to a PCA church. And I was suddenly going, huh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. And I don't this feels a little more um, 
cold and that and, and i you know because it was um the music was traditional mm. the then then i was not familiar with reciting creeds and confessions and i thought prayers seemed long um maybe the sermon seemed deep and long um but here's what happened over the course of the next i don't know four or five years probably six years um i i grew to understand the richness and even be fed and nourished not simply by the sermon itself but to be fed and nourished by the various elements so even what we're talking about here um is an invitation for people to recognize that there's so much more going on Mm -hmm. it's not just the sermon that you can sneak in and sneak out and hear Mm -hmm. and it's not just singing songs and it's not just taking the sacraments it's all those things woven together that has a long-range effect so then when i i got out there's a you neither of you all would have this in quite the same way um i remember suddenly having to start leading worship (laughs) <laughs> and I thought it's going to be ten years before I can actually get over myself and start worshiping again, but I'll lead the worship, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens is over time, you you begin to see yourself again as a participant, worshiping the living and true God. I'm actually just standing there. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to do my next part, but I'm mm-hmm. still a participant in mm-hmm. worship. So that's been a, uh, I think for me, a personal fun transformation mm-hmm. because. When I come to Christ Prez, I really have a ton of things on my mind on any Sunday morning, um, but I really am I'm able to worship, right? I'm really able to to pause and listen and be a part of what's going on as a participant, um, and that's been encouraging me. But I do think for me, it's been it's been every bit of a a thirty year process. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, for me, it's probably been more of a 12-year process <laughs> in my 20 21 years of age um i don't know uh, the exact time i was became a believer um i don't know that i can recall that but i do know that it has been through worship specifically congregational worship that the lord has shaped and molded my heart even as a very young child um i remember being in fifth grade and hearing the words that we were singing and um and understanding the gospel maybe even for the first time and um and i can remember even specific instances in sundays after that where it seemed like the heartbeat of worship and the songs we were singing were shaping my young heart to understand the lord through middle school Mm -hmm insecurity to high school you know through all of the years of um just understanding beginning to understand what it meant that i was a child of god and so i do think that the lord just gives us these hymns and these songs and these elements of worship to actually understand our identity and to see um and to see that he is good and he is our father and so i think i can look back and see specific instances of that and it's funny how the Lord was planting seeds of that early on. I remember even just, I think the first time I ever um, led the singing for a church was in fifth grade oh, and wow. the music director got sick. And wow. so me, I couldn't sing a tune and I was <laughs> asked to sing that Sunday. Um, and in my utter frailty and weakness and 
just horrible singing, um, the Lord was maybe planting seeds mm. um, to be carried into now as a 21 year old. And so I'm really thankful for the ways that the Lord has and continues to shape my heart through worship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, as you were saying, Eric, I'm, I'm a participant in the worship service every Sunday, um, just pointing the finger to Christ. And so, yeah. Yeah. I think in my own life, uh, especially the way Christ prays does worship, it's given me a lot more structure and a lot more, um, ability to see devotion and to see how devotion is done. Um, I'm a guy who thrives in structure when there's, when it's not very structured, I'm, I'm not necessarily the biggest, I don't thrive that well. So, you know, how structured Christ Prez is and, um, how kept, I mean, kind of kept in between the lines, but, and, you know, not in a, a bad legalistic way, but actually in to go to back to the old points, I love going back to old points, but, um, to do it in an excellent way. Right. Um, it really helps me grow every Sunday. And I have seen the Lord shape my heart from when, you know, I went to a big church growing up and, um, it wasn't like I knew I needed to go to church. I knew I needed to participate in this, but it was like, I'm going to, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to, I'm going to have to do this. And now it's as the Lord has grown me in maturity and grace. It's like, and I still have so much more to go in maturity, <laughs> but I've realized it's more of a get to. Um, and, and, and I think the structure with that and, um, just also the warmth I feel from our church, um, and, the the intentionality, as we talked about last podcast, mm-hmm. um, from you guys on, on the, on the liturgy and how it's formed. Um, it truly has deepened my devotion and comfort, mm-hmm. um, cause I'm able to remember the mm-hmm. things of God. So. Um, Michael, I think that's such a great point because what you've described, if I'm, if I'm to pull back from that, what, what you've described at a high level is really, um, is really the rhythm of mm-hmm. weekly this pattern, yep. right? And and it and it's it's intentional, just like feeding ourselves on food is intentional, right? I'm going to grow, I'm going to be healthy, um, but it's that rhythm and pattern of worship that gives us that long range mm-hmm. shaping. So how has our life been shaped by uh, personally from worship? So much of what all three of us have said is is that it's that weekly pattern that mm-hmm. has done it. Um, you don't suddenly go to one worship service and walk away and go, wow, I'll forever be different. Mm-hmm. Um, though that can happen. Mm-hmm. But the the vast majority of the way that people grow through the um, through this and how worship really shapes us is in the long haul. Mm-hmm. It's just time and the rhythm and the pattern. Um, of setting our eyes upon the Lord and enjoying, enjoying and rejoicing in Him. So it's almost like one day out of the week is set apart. I don't know. Where it that is would be. almost. It, it is almost as if God from. has given us that. It's <laughs> crazy. As His day. That's right. That's crazy. Thank you, Michael. Well, appreciate. It. Thank, Thank you, Blair. You. Thank you, Eric and Blair. I really appreciate y'all. Thank y'all you all being here. We got we got one more podcast um, with with Blair. May 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 bring her on for another one later down the road. We'll <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But. Um, yeah, we will we will close this series um, in the next podcast talking about. Um, I'll give a little sneak peek that we're okay. we're going to be talking about um, songs and um, honestly, even just elaborating more on that question, that final question of how worship has shaped us, but specifically yeah. what songs have really shaped us. So, That's look excellent. forward to that one. Me too. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you all. See you.